Welcome to a special WERU program about our One Small Step initiative, undertaken with StoryCorps and funded by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Matt Murphy, WERU General Manager, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Back in June 2023, we put out a call. We were looking for people who were willing to come together for an hour-long facilitated conversation with a stranger with different viewpoints, during which we, they would be invited to get to know each other as people through listening to each other's stories. By the end of 2023, over 100 people had signed up to participate. The impacts of this program were remarkable for participants and facilitators alike. For the next hour, we will share our reflections, play clips from the conversations, and hear from participants and community members as they call in. The number is 207-618-8819, and we'll be giving you that out a little bit later as well. If you're a listener who would like to call in with a question or comment, we'll be opening the phone lines to you at around 420 and 440, so please save your calls until those times. With, with me in the studio are our One Small Step facilitators, Michelle Crystal and Chris Battaglia. Welcome to the airwaves, Michelle and Chris. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, thanks, Matt. And thank you for all your amazing work. You're superstars, so thank you. Let's get started with some background on StoryCorps and One Small Step with uh, one of you taking the lead on that. Um, ma hi, Matt. Uh, so uh, well, the, the thing that was really... Uh, important for me to feel like we we should share at the front is that a lot of people know StoryCorps. A lot of people say, oh, I've heard StoryCorps. That's the StoryCorps method. This is StoryCorps, the national organization that's been doing storytelling for many years, Between often between people who know each other and love each other and share stories that they didn't know about one another. This The, the big difference with One Small Step was that it was between strangers, and they disagreed about ostensibly about many things. Yeah, so... Um WERU was selected as one of five radio stations across uh, the United States to participate in 2023. Um, we were the most rural of all the radio stations, and it was a grant-funded project. Um, it was first piloted in 2017, and it was launched in 2021, sort of recognizing that people across the nation are feeling really disconnected from each other. There's a lot of vitriol, a lot of um, rudeness, uh, to put it lightly, and the idea through this was that maybe by getting one person together in a room with another person who think differently, they could listen to each other and get to know each other's stories and try to understand a little bit about how they came to believe what they believed instead of just being full of assumptions about each other. And to date, over 3,000 people in 40 states have uh, taken part in One Small Step including 50 here in Maine. Right, and we feel so fortunate to uh, be part of this project. So we've got something to uh, listen to. Yeah, a little bit uh, in, in the same way that they're often – actually, there wasn't really – as I'm thinking about it now, we've been calling this our, our little icebreaker reel, but there wasn't a lot of time to ice, break the ice in these conversations, so we wanted to maybe give an opportunity to do that here now. So without further ado, um, uh, the icebreakers. I loved that preface, I'm not an anarchist, but. I'm dying to ask you this question. Conservative. 
yeah, I'm genderqueer. I've always been registered as an independent. People would say that I'm far to the left. Two-spirit. I voted communist once. By that time, I had become a Scientologist. And so now I consider myself marooned. And I think I'm kind of a poser. Relatively socially liberal, almost more like a libertarian in some ways. Mm -hmm. I am a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'd have to say that I'm a constitutional first conservative. I'm a constitutional conservative in the Second Amendment. I'm going to ask you what that means. Well, I'm happy to explain it. What made you want to do this interview today? I didn't really have a burning desire to do it. I did it out of uh, just curiosity, and I didn't even know about the program. It would be an interesting way to meet somebody that was interesting and learn something different that may end up in one of my novels. So be careful what you say. (laughs) I would love to be in a novel. (laughs) So I found out about it through my friend Nina. And her comment to me was that they're having a hard time finding righties. And I tend to be a conservative. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm in for it. And then when you just mentioned about liking storytelling, my husband and I would be walking around somewhere and he would see somebody with a, for lack of proper terminology, a weathered face and go, don't you just want to have a beer with them and find (laughs) out what their story is? I'm not very interested in telling people they're off going to hell. Oh, good. Like, you know, I think it's above my pay grade. <laughs> yeah. Um, in my work as a hunting guide, you can imagine most of the people that I work for lean right. And they're around camp and what they talk about and the banter, it's it's always the same stuff. It's like it's like I'm watching Fox News Live in my lodge with the clients, you oh, know. God. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, I'm tired of it, you know. I'm really just tired of it. What are your hopes for the future? Oh, my heavens. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you give me some (laughs) reasons for hope that I should to to cultivate some non-delusional optimism in my life? I think I can. You can try. (laughs) I will try. (laughs) First of all, I want to say your hopes for the future give me a lot of hope for the future. Just to hear you, a person of your age, saying that you want the same things that I do. And my hope is, is, is that people find a way to meet. I agree. Well, we've met each other, and I think that's yeah. one small step, isn't it? That's wonderful. Yes. Thank you. Ta-da, <laughs> dropping the mic. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> All right, that was great. And uh, Chris and Michelle, could you tell us a little bit about... Um, the recruiting efforts and the matching up people, what, what that process was all about, what that was like. Yeah, I can, I can speak to that. Um, it was very challenging and it was also exciting. Um, it brought us into, brought us both, I think, as, um, into places that we had never been before. You know, we, we went not all over the state, but we went as far north as, how far north did we you try? I mean, I went to, uh, I went to Eastport, uh, and Lubeck, and I dropped flyers off um, up there. But and we had a recruiting trip one time, mm-hmm. a flyer, yep. a flyer driving around trip. Yep, yep. So for that, we were all the way from like Indian Island, all through Bangor, Orono, Hamden. I mean, we, and and Blue Hill. You know, we were Frankfort. You know, these little towns, big towns, cities. Um, we were sort of all over the place recruiting. Um, and yeah, so it was. It was fun in that we, you know, had this flyer and we could go up to people and say, hey, and sort of tell them about this project. I think for me as a facilitator, I'll speak about this a little bit more as we go on, but, um, you know, I'm 
concerned about how things are in this nation and things that are happening internationally. And I found that having this structure of one small step conversations gave me a really proactive thing that I could do to make things maybe a tiny bit better. And it, so it was really exciting bringing this program to people because I think generally speaking, wherever we went, um, people generally speaking were supportive of it. Of course, there were some people we talked to who, you know, I, I literally had one person take a step away from me as I was trying to tell him about it. He said, no, I'm a, I'm a business. I'm a business. I'm, I'm not getting involved in that. And but to be honest, I understand where he's coming from, and I, I, I think that it's, um, it's a really intimate project. So I understand why some people wouldn't want to participate. I think that I think too that, uh, yeah, Michelle and I, for not having been participants in the pro- project, um, recruiting was the first thing that we were laid down with after training online with the other four radio stations and StoryCorps. It was told from the beginning that we would maybe have a uh, maybe have a harder time in the, the recruiting is like up front a lot of the uh, the work and you have no idea what we're, we had no idea what we were necessarily in for. I kind of thought it'd be a little bit easier, um, um, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't easy to um, coordinate and meet whole new people in different orbits, you know, in silos that were not yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, yeah. and how did you match up people? What's what, How does that work? We had a wonderful tool called Matchmatron. Matchmatron. Um, so, yeah, so we, you know, we got a lot of training through StoryCorps. Um, and, we, you know, we had these other stations across the country that we would meet with occasionally, you know, for these trainings. Um, so one of the tools that they, that they give all the stations who participate is access to the Matchmatron. And so when someone applies for the program, you know, they fill out a little, a little application online. It takes about five to seven minutes to fill out. That goes into this database system. And then within that database, you could move dials around to figure out, okay, I want to find someone who maybe is affiliated with this political party or who maybe they just lost a partner. You know, there was all these different filters that we could set up to match people. And we'd always try to find an affinity. So something that they had in common with each other in addition to whatever differences we could find. And and those affinities were very human-based. You yes. Know, we're, we're, you know, the sliders were, you know, one to ten, how political are you, how religious are you know, things like that. The, those affinities were often things like comes from a military family, just became a new grandparent, lost a loved one. And so those those really uh, grounded us in the matching, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, initially this program started really thinking about politics, right? So um, when, yeah, when StoryCorps started this 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 program, it was thinking about how can we build bridges across political parties. And so initially when we first started, we're thinking, okay, let's get a conservative and match them with a liberal, right? So that was sort of the mindset that we were faced with. And then as time went on, we really became aware of the fact that there are so many ways to map difference that it's not just political parties. Political parties is, for some people, that's their whole identity, sure. And for a lot of the people that we ended up talking to for this, that was just one element of of who they were as a person. And so once we sort of loosened up on that too, then we started making some really exciting matches. For for you professionally, you both come with a lot of experience as journalists, media makers. What did you, is there something that just like totally surprised you uh, about, uh, you know, professionally as you were doing 
doing the project? That's a good question, Matt. I guess, you know, the first thing that comes to mind was as someone who's been working in media, who I've worked with audio, and I do, you know, I'm a filmmaker and, and photographer outside of this program, which was a, a really interesting thing that Michelle and I talked about a lot of having this different skill set and then diving into radio and facilitation world. But for me, it was just the act of being in, uh, you know, facilit- being in the room, flying the wall and just recording conversations and then being in the editing room, realizing how much I loved doing it way more than than I had in the past. Mm. Just, yeah, audio is mm. awesome. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Michelle? Something professionally you were surprised by or learned? Um, I don't know if this has necessarily surprised me, but this opportunity feels like my capstone project in life as I know it so far, <laughs> in that it take, it feels like it draws from all these different skill sets that I have. You know, I'm a, a freelance writer. I always record all of my interviews with people, but I never, I, as so far, I haven't used those to make some sort of audio piece. Um, so this has made me think a lot more about sound quality, for example. Um, I was in the Peace Corps in Cameroon, for better or worse, um, and then a lot of that experience was, you know, try to not have any preconceived notions and be really open to where you are and talk to people. And I feel like I'm really putting that into place with these conversations, too. Well, that's a, that's a good um, a mark, too, because, you know, not having preconceived notions, um, we have a clip to play, actually. Um, mm, yeah, let's that, hear it. Um, we have something that we haven't heard before. Do you want to set it up? Or Is this the... Yeah. Okay. Um, so with facilitating these conversations, um, you never know what is going to come up. You have really no idea. Because some of the people that we had participating, we might have known them a little bit from the community. Other people, we had you know, done a screening call with them before setting up the conversation, but we really didn't know what they were going to be coming in with. Um, so um, here are two examples of some, of some of the things that could come up in these conversations. One thing I thought of as you talked about invisibility is, um, is a little bit of the sense of otherness. Um, you know, I, I told you I lived in Orno for 25 years. <clears throat> I think I went to Indian Island once or twice. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's that far away. No. <laughs> five, six miles, yeah. And I was never sure if I should be there. Would you like me to share my thoughts on that? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so that conversation um, was between a Penobscot Two-Spirit organizer and parent, and a Christian, um, a hippie Christian, I think she called herself, a a hippie Christian physician. Um, So that was sort of one of the the cruxes of of that conversation is you just don't know what people are going to want to talk about and what is that going to look like. And here's the next one here. I know that you probably have been very affected by what's going on in Israel right now. And I'm curious to hear what you're thinking about that. Um, and I'll tell you what I'm thinking about it too. But So another example, right? You, you know, people have stuff that's going on in their lives. They're also um, concerned about, you know, what they're hearing about the news, their families, their communities. Um, and these conversations are sort of designed to um, make space for people to talk through difference, right? To, to disagree perhaps, but just to understand their viewpoints. 
So as a facilitator, sometimes maybe we hope that things don't get too heated because how do we respond when they get heated? But at the same time, when people start delving into these conversations and things do get a little bit hot, um, some really productive stuff happened in those moments. And I was amazed at how the structure could hold space for those conversations and no one had a heart attack. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it's trusting the process was an important part of this, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So we've got some uh, folks on the line, right? Um, well, you know, uh, so uh, I think <clears throat> we have a, yeah, we've got, uh, is it John and, uh, John and Carla on their line? Yeah. Are you guys there? John and Carla. Carla's here. Uh, I'm here. Can you oh. hear me? Hey, John. Hey, Carla. It's Chris and Michelle and Matt. Hi. Hey, thank, thanks for calling in. Yeah, we wanted to invite you to uh, call in and chat today. Um, uh, you know, something that's so interesting, we have a clip to play from your, your conversation, but uh, but before we do it, we can just uh, acknowledge the fact that you guys were strangers the, the moment that you met, of course, at the Rock and Art Shop um, and in the office above that shop in Bangor, and you both had pretty long drives to get there. And you're sitting in this room surrounded by taxidermy and animal busts. And it was to- <laughs> totally novel uh, location for us to be recording one of my favorites. Um, Carla, you, I think you even brought in one, a, a crystal or a rock from downstairs. You know, h- how would you describe your relationship now? Um, I'll go. Hello, Carla. Um, sure. I, I, we've stayed in contact. And what I like about staying in contact with John is that he forces me to look at things from a way that I wouldn't necessarily look at them. Or I, like he, he shared with me some writing he had done about um, guns. And um, I invited him to come to a Building Bridges Main workshop on guns because I knew that he would have a different perspective than a lot of people there. And I really like having someone who I know there's, like, no judgment. Like, when I responded to his written piece, I might have been a little rantish, I think. After I hit send, I was like, ooh, maybe I went too far. (laughs) But I feel like there's, like, there's, like, no judgment. Like, we have this relationship now that, like, I can test things out or I can use him as a sounding board and – I, I trust him because this process laid sort of like a foundation for that trust. Wow. Thanks, Carla, for sharing that. John, do you, do you want to respond or do you want to, um, yeah, do you, do you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. We, um, we made a connection that, I, like Carla said, we built a foundation of trust. So um, we both advocate for certain things in, in our work, in our life. But I feel the same way. Um, I can put things in front of Carla um, and know that she will give me um, an honest opinion. And we don't have that um, that that bias to worry about. I, I trust her opinion. I know she's going to give me the truth. And it's because of that one small step conversation we had that that we are able to do that. Um. Thanks. Well, I feel really privileged to have been in the room with you two, and and uh, just since we're here right now, I want to play for you and our our listeners right now just a uh, a small clip for, um, from the moment that you met. You know, as you're in the moment, you just had a, basically an hour long conversation, and John, this is you um, digesting a little bit 
uh, of that conversation in the moment. So it's just fun to have you, you know, here now. And this is back to December, I believe, December 8th, 2023. John, is there anything you learned today about me that surprised you? Yes. So <laughs> when I read your bio and you know, we, we see something on paper, you know, you don't, you try to formulate what do you think that person is. And I was like, oh, she was in the Air Force. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, we got some common ground there. And then I got to the very last sentence and I was like, oh my word, a very <laughs> left-leaning Democrat. How can that possibly be? You know, I guess a fault that I think most people have is that we prejudge people based on labels, right? And when we label ourselves, and we're all guilty of labeling ourselves, right? Um, but when I saw that, like, you're actually just a regular person. Like, you smile, you know? We're oh, laughing. Hell yes. Right? <laughs> Um, I didn't, I, I really expected something different, I guess. Um, when somebody says they're a very left-leaning Democrat, I'm a very right-leaning conservative, you know? We just, we both believe what we believe in. It's almost like, wow, I, you're kind of like me just over there, and I just happen to be staying over on that side, you know? Right. So that's surprising. I expected some, I guess, I, I guess I assume because we're, like you said earlier, we're in this echo chamber where... Like every everybody that's conservative is orange man bad, you know, like scary bah, conservatives, right. you know, and I get the same. I, I I fall into that, you know, the blinders where anybody who identifies as a left leaning, like a Democrat's one thing, but you said left leaning Democrat, I very have a left leaning. Elizabeth Warren sticker on my car, still. right? <laughs> right. So, I was hoping um, you didn't see that. No, no. So uh, you know that you know you're just. I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, it surprised me that I could, I could have fun doing this conversation with you and you're just a regular person. John and Carly, how does it, how does it feel to hear, hear that back in December? Um, for me, I, I thought it was awesome. And um, I, I kind of feel the same way, right? We're sort of socialized at this point to, to you know, other people, and I don't, I don't like to do that. And so to hear John say that I, you know, that I was approachable and friendly and we could get along, it was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And so are you, right? And although he did turn beet red when I mentioned Elizabeth Warren, so that was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think I distinctly remember John saying that his blood was boiling. Uh, <laughs> No, blood was shooting out of my eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys were 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 really. It was lovely to have you part a part of the project. We're we're really um, just you know admire the, this connection that you've made, and uh, we love hearing that. Um, and if I say we, I'm looking at the smiles in the room between Matt and Michelle and, and Pepin. And so, thank you for participating, and thanks for calling in. Is there any last any last thought before we invite some um, fresh callers onto the scene? I just want to thank John. Thanks for hanging in there and being my friend. It's great. And thank you, Carla. And uh, I look forward to working with you uh, much more in the future. We've got a good start and we're continuing. And uh, I think uh, we can do a lot of good together. I agree. Take care. Thanks, everybody, for the opportunity. Take care. Uh, thank you. Take care. Thank you, you. too. You're listening to a WERU One Small Step special here in the studio, Matt Murphy. That's me, Michelle Crystal, and Chris Battaglia, the two facilitators of our 
program, our project that's been going on for many months, started out in the spring, and they've done an amazing job. And it's, it's really great to hear, you know, these folks um, hear their recordings, their conversations, and then hear them reflecting on it. That's really, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, uh, have a question or comment and you're a listener right now and you'd like to call in, the number is 207-618-8819. 207-618-8819. We're uh, taking uh, your calls for a couple minutes here, and then we'll do it again in about 20 minutes. Um, we, we have a lot to get in on the show and probably more. We probably have two hours of content that we could fit in, but we're going to try to do our best. So This is just uh, act one. This is, yes. And um, um, so while we're waiting for a, a call, do we have someone, Pepin? No, we don't. We thought we did, but we don't. But just while we're waiting... Um, what was it like for you as facilitators during conversations when they, they, you know, you obviously heard some very moving things. There were probably some tense moments. Um, and what was that like being the facilitator, being, as you said, Chris, the fly on the wall um, in there, but also being involved to a certain extent with the conversation? What was that like? I don't know how familiar um, everyone is with restorative justice or um you know, restorative practices, but there's this idea within that that the circle will hold you. So these conversations happen, you know, in a circle, not not one small step conversations. This is a, a theory that I'm applying to it, that um, basically if you have a lot of intention around the structure of a conversation or an experience, that structure will hold you, the circle will hold you. And these conversations, I think, really held the participants within it. You know, I was worried that we were going to have people getting up and walking out. You know, we always told people at the beginning of the conversations, if you need a moment to pause, this isn't live. The most important thing is you taking care of you and your comfort. Um, We always really emphasize that though we record the conversations, if they decide that they don't want to release them afterwards, that is totally fine. It's really just about bringing two people together to talk. And I think that when people had that um, that notion that they could choose to not release the conversation if they didn't want to, it made some people feel a lot more at ease. I remember telling my folks and uh, friends about this project at the beginning about being a facilitator, which is not something I had really had experience in. And maybe the, the most facilitation I'd done was facilitating and interviewing in, in like a documentary film uh, format. And so this is very different. In fact, they, the story core had told us at the, at the front that facilitating, you know, you could be very hands off. Ideally, you're very hands off. And so it was always, I was always just in the room thinking, I'm a fly on the wall. I'm not a participant, but we are creating the, we are est- establishing the framework that StoryCorps has laid down. It's really robust. It's, it's really well done. Uh, you know, I, I applaud StoryCorps for all the materials. But um, yeah, and yeah. so it looks like we have a caller. Yes. Oh, is this uh, Melissa and Krista? Okay. Um, so before, before we have um, these folks come on, so this is another pair of participants um, from the One Small Step Conversations. Um, theirs was actually the last conversation that we recorded. It was in Blue Hill. Um, one of them traveled 196 miles, that's over three hours, um, and the other one traveled 120 miles, so over two hours to participate. And the reason why we put these two folks together is because they were sort of like mirror images of each other. 
Um, they were of similar age. One of them grew up on a conventional potato farm that had been in the family for six generations. That's Krista, who you'll hear in a minute. And then the other one um, grew up on an organic homestead farm that her parents founded. That's Melissa Coleman, um, who also wrote a book about that, which you may have read. Um, so Krista grew up in a more Republican family, and Melissa grew up with more liberal and democratic values. Over time, however, um, both Krista and Melissa have found themselves to be somewhat disenchanted with the parties that they were raised with and had sort of changed their political affiliations. Um, so we'll, we'll, hear two, we'll hear two clips um, from that conversation, and then we'll invite Melissa and Krista on to, to speak. So the first thing I thought is, oh, my God, we both have twins. Yeah, I did. I thought the same thing, too. I'm like, wow. And they're about the same age. And I also love cycling. So awesome. I saw a lot of similarities. But what I was interested in is is um, what happened 20 years ago that made you want to make a change. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, you know, I expected us to have a lot of common ground, you know, being of the similar age and both having twin daughters about the same age. And, um, but I, you know, I, I guess I, I learned more in, um, understanding how, a, how a person, how your viewpoints have changed from liberal to more conservative. Uh, where, whereas mine have gone the other way. Um, so yeah, it's you were pretty much what I expected, <laughs> but it's been very enlightening, you know, to, to um, recognize and see somebody else who is struggling with a lot of the same things I am and some of the different ways that you have approached that, some of these different struggles. And I think that's, that's great. Melissa and Krista here. Yes, I think we do. Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi. And Hello. Hey, good to hear you all. It's so great to hear everyone's voices in this. Um, it's really nice to be with you. Um, so how is there anything that you'd like to share right off the bat sort of about your experience participating or, you know, sort of the clips that we just played and reflecting on them and how this experience um, influenced uh anything after the conversation itself? Um, I can go. I'm sorry. I wasn't able to hear the conversation before this for some reason, but um, I think it was about the fact that Krista and I have so much in common. We both grew up on farms, and we both have twins, and we both um, love to cycle and we're both empty nesters. Um, <laughs> so it was really um, great to, to have the conversation with Krista. And um, the thing that it really helped me with personally was um, just the isolation I was feeling um, because I'm not connecting with either major political party right now. And that was, that was really making me feel isolated and a little stressed. And, um, and Krista helped me to see that it's it's really not about taking sides, right? Um, you know, it's not us them, um, but just that we all need to work through this and connect with each other to figure out where we're all going right now to you know adapt to the changes in this world. 
So I'm just really grateful for that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Melissa. Um, Krista, do you have thoughts that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, I, I, like like Melissa said, I didn't hear the clip that you guys had shared before. Um, so I'm not sure which one it was. But um, for me, it was um, really helpful to me to see how, um, you know, Melissa had started her life, I suppose, as more as a liberal and has kind of moved towards conservatism. And I started as a conservative and moved towards liberalism. And, you know, we've kind of passed in the middle, so to speak. Um, and I want to correct you on that. I can I correct you on that? I'm not conservative. (laughs) I'm I'm not identifying (laughs) with either party. Um, so yeah, just to make that clear. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, but I think, you know, both of us have, have kind of, um, are, as we've as we've aged and we've had different life experiences and you know just different things that have happened to us, our viewpoints have changed and and our understanding of the world around us and and um, even though it's so we we talked about how it was you know sometimes it's easy or easier to just pick a party or pick a religion or pick a group or or whatever that you want to align with and then just say, okay, I'm a member of this group and now I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, And I think sometimes it's much, much harder to stay engaged and, and, you know, keep thinking about things and keep questioning things. Um, But that's what allows us to really um, be more comfortable, I think, in, in understanding what we believe and what other people believe. Hmm. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, sort of, Melissa, you're jumping in with sort of correcting that line there regarding not not feeling particularly drawn to either party right now, if we have to be thinking about things along just two. Um, I think that that's something that we saw a lot, and that's something I became more and more mindful of as a facilitator, was that so many folks just really do not feel connected with what the Republican Party or the Democratic Party is doing in terms of um, policy um, being enacted and and the impacts thereof. So I think that was something that we, you know, there was another um, conversation partner group that had sort of a similar experience to to you all, I think. Where they flipped, where they flipped. Yeah. So, so to speak, almost flip sides. Yeah, but, and feeling yeah. marooned, yeah. I think, in the middle. But I, I, like, I really want to make it clear, I didn't flip sides. Right, like, right, I'm just yes. not interested. Yes. And, and I'm really glad to hear that, Michelle, that you're saying you heard that from a lot of other people because, again, that makes me feel less isolated in this because, you know, when all your friends are one side or the other, um, you're like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> is anybody else struggling with this? Um, so that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, do you all have any other thoughts that you'd like to share on the experience or other conversations you've had with folks afterward? I, you know, I, I would just say I, this was a wonderful experience. Um, it was, it was a wonderful experience just traveling down to a new part of the state that I hadn't really been to a whole lot before. Um, and, you know, I think really the whole purpose of StoryCorps is, you know, to, to meet with somebody, talk with them, and realize that even when we have differences on what we might consider major or big issues, just trying to remember that everybody's doing the best they can. 
I think sometimes it's so easy to become jaded um, and and start to believe that other people have ulterior, you know, negative ulterior motives and, you know, all these things. But if we just kind of remember that, you know, in, in, with our interactions with everybody, that everybody that we're meeting is, if we go into it with the idea that everybody is an intending good, then I think that makes us much more open and and willing to participate in the conversations. Yeah, definitely. And that was what was nice about, you know, doing the conversation with you, Krista, is that I felt like we both came to it with that, with that perspective, and it just made it so lovely. So thank you. I have one last thing that I wanted to share about the conversation um, that you all had that cracked me up, given how much you all had in common, is that we were trying to decide who was going to start the the interview with each other, and so they so they were doing um, you were doing rock paper scissors. How many rounds did you have to do before one of you chose the different <laughs> thing from the other? A lot. It was a lot. Yeah, it was like ten. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. It was yeah. a lot. <laughs> Very. Very similar mindset. It's like, okay, somebody just pick. That was funny. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for calling in and and for participating. Thank Thank you so much for the opportunity. If you're just tuning in, this is one small step special here on WERU Community Radio. If you'd like to make a call to the station and uh, have a uh, ask a question or share a comment. The number is 207-618-8819. That's 618-8819. And we have a little window where we're um, open for calls from listeners. So if you'd like to say something, uh, give us a call. And we have, um, I've got another question for for you, uh, Chris and Michelle. Um, What was the most challenging part of this for you? As, as coordinators and facilitators. I mean, there was a lot of work from the, uh, the process of outreach and recruiting to matching to facilitating the conversations to the production, the actual technical um, work of taking those recordings. What, what was the, you know, the biggest challenge for you that you obviously overcame because these are, are wonderful and um, nothing that either of you had done before this? So you overcame the challenges, but what were some of the things that were really, you know, uh, you know, challenges made it made it a little difficult at times. There's nothing challenging. Don't get it. That was easy. Yeah, no, piece of cake. I know. I I guess uh, I don't even know if I want to directly answer because there were definitely some challenges. But it's funny to think that like the easiest part of it was the um, sitting with the audio afterwards and just and and being able to look at transcripts and. And um, you know, piece together some you know, part of the scissor. That was that was lovely, and actually, the part that made it all all the challenging parts worth it. You know, I think you nailed it. It's recruit. It was the recruiting, and actually finding. I, I guess you know something we talked about a lot was just yeah, finding people who um, yeah, we we were telling people at a certain point in the end of the summer like we need more people who identify as like more conservative, or we need people who are more. Um, uh, yeah, not liberal. Maybe not the typical. Uh, people in our, um, maybe in, in the, you know, we are you listener base, maybe it's the people in our immediate communities, so. And we have a caller, uh, Beverly in Belfast, you're on the air. Hi, um, I am so fascinated and happy to hear this program and um, the work that you've done 
my my big burning question is things aren't getting any easier and we're not getting any kinder <laughs> in fact i worry that there are more guns in america than there are people um and i'm wondering is there is there any plan to continue this or expand it or do localized versions of it i know that better angels of our nature has been around for a few years and they've done some work like this um i just think community-wide all over maine it would be wonderful if we could replicate a localized version of what you all are talking about today we agree <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent, beverly um thanks for calling in yeah beverly. thanks so much we we want to continue this work where we're you know w-e-r-u is officially seeking funding to to continue this in some way i think what we've heard from StoryCorps is that they you know they're trying to figure out how to support stations like us who have the training and the experience um and and the equipment right we got through this grant we got some amazing recording equipment um so we're we're ready to roll we just need funding. it's a rolling, it's a rolling suitcase <laughs> yes too. right um and the project was uh, is uh through StoryCorps funded through StoryCorps with uh, funds from the corporation for public broadcasting and so we're going to take a pause but we're trust me we are looking for money to uh to make this happen and we're going to foundations and it's such a um uh, moving project and so important that we are really committed to keeping it going so we're gonna do what we can mm. to uh keep keep this uh, one small step project going and and keep uh, michelle and chris doing their thing and StoryCorps also does have some sort of um, self-directed opportunities around this that you can check out on their website. Um, maybe we'll try to share that in some way through WERU um, social media or something along those lines. So there's, you know, there's some resources there to look at. Um, yeah, if you go to WERU.org, there's a, a, an article there on One Small Step and links to um, the national StoryCorps One Small Step um, place. So, something that, uh, well, yeah, Beverly, that I want to say that I even, I got a phone call today from uh, a friend in Belfast, uh, hi, Dottie, uh, that, uh, you know, that, that this is on people's mind, and not only in, in our town, uh, I also live in Belfast, but, you know, all around the state, people are, it is top of mind, maybe it's part of like this uh, subconscious or zeitgeist or something's in the water or the air, but you're not alone in thinking that and wanting that. And there are other, you know, this, so, so this friend today, she says, I've got this, you know, I've got this feeling and described basically the entire One Small Step project. And I said, well, great, we just did that. And actually, you know, and I said, tune in today, of course. But but realistically, there are people who want some versions of what we've done. And so I think if we can all continue to have the conversation and ask each other, how do we continue it, mm-hmm. um, then, then it will succeed. And, and like you mentioned, Beverly, too, there are a lot of organizations and community groups across the state and the nation who are doing this sort of work. So shortly, we're going to have another set of conversation partners on. One of them is Phil Bailey, who is part of Building Bridges, Maine. So they, there's a lot of great programs that they run. It's not exactly the same as this. But um, I think, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to who didn't necessarily feel ready for one of these conversations themselves had tried to just sort of um, have one of these conversations as an experiment, like not formal, not sitting down with someone, but not being afraid to try to talk about things that you know you're not going to agree on, right? How many people, Chris, said to us as we were trying to recruit, 
well, we don't talk about politics, right? Yeah. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion. We don't talk about these things. Mainers don't do that. But then I also heard people saying that that is a total cop-out and that we need to be able to address these things. Another thread that I saw coming through a lot of these conversations is that listening may be the great lost art. So everyone is so angry that things are not going well, that the economy is the way it is, that you know this violence is being perpetrated, that we're losing people to the opioid epidemic, all this. And they, some people think that the way to get their point across is shouting, right? So we heard people talking a lot about how tired they are of people shouting at them to believe a different way. Um, or them being the ones who are shouting. Yes, yes. Recovering shouters, yes, I believe. Yes, And so what happens when you just try to have these conversations with someone and you just listen? You just listen. You don't try to change their mind. You don't try to persuade them. You just try to understand where they're coming from, if you can, if that is safe for you, because that's not everyone's experience, right? Um, I think for me doing this work, I often have said that it's an opportunity for me to replace rage with curiosity, so what happens when we just try to move these things around us in our brains and, and, and try to be curious? It's hard, but it's possible. That's right. And, it's, and we're, we're not talking about changing anything like huge right away. It's mm -hmm. one small step. Yes. They named it well. And each one of these steps, though, leads us in a certain, you know, leads us to something. Do we have uh, some more audio to listen to or are we having folks on, on, uh, on the air? We've got, we've got some more audio and we're expecting uh, another set of callers uh, shortly. So, um, do you want to do you want to set this one up, Michelle, or should we listen to the clip first? Um, I'll set it up a little bit, and then and then we'll do the clip. Um, so, uh, Dave Isay from StoryCorps sometimes speaks on Glenn Beck's talk show as a way to help get people from other. Um, backgrounds involved in, in this work. And for those who don't know, Glenn Beck is a fairly conservative national talk radio yes. Yes. person. And I think, and they syndicate him on The Voice of Maine. On, mm -hmm. on WVOM, yeah. So he, he did an appearance on the Glenn Beck show, um, I think it was in November. And um, shortly after that, we had a couple of more conservative signups, including um, this person, Sue, who you'll be hearing from in just a minute here. Um, and we partnered Sue up with Phil Bailey from Building Bridges, Maine, um, that I just talked about. So, um, yeah, I, I'd love to play, play that clip. Yeah, here we go. So, Phil, can I ask you, what made you want to do this interview today? Um, well, actually, I'm part of a group called Building Bridges, Maine. And so I had heard about One Small Step and kind of reached out. And the whole purpose of Building Bridges, Maine is exactly like it sounds. It's like, hey, can we, like, talk with each other instead mm -hmm. of yelling on social media? So an opportunity to kind of share that point of view is what brought me here today. How about you? Uh, I'm here today for two reasons mainly. One, um, in this time, which I feel is going to be historic, I want to have been on record as being someone who is trying to move positively to bring people together as opposed to just fighting. And also, I've recently had my very first grandchild. And for my posterity, 
I'm beyond excited that this may end up in the Library of Congress where my future family can go back and say, my Noni did something back Awesome. Then. Just awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so do we have Phil and Sue on the line? I'm here. Hi, Sue. Hello, Michelle. I'm here. It's good to hear your voice again. Hi, Phil. Oh, hello, Phil. <laughs> So, hi, guys. hi. Hey. so we just heard a clip from the moment that you first met. So there we were in the kitchen of the Gouldsboro Rec Center. It was a very cold day. None of us were sure we were in the right place when we were coming in. Um, total strangers at that point. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about what that initial conversation was like and how your relationship with each other has changed since then? If it has, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You you go first, no, you go first. Okay. Um, so it was a revelation because um, Sue from her biography was a little bit different than Sue in person. And we had a wonderful conversation. I recommend it. I, I, I love this program, One Small Step. And then they wanted us to... Um, they asked if we wanted to come to a live show at the Alamo in Bucksport. I think it was a couple of weeks later or so. And uh, Sue didn't have a car at the time, so I picked her up in Goolsboro. I live in Hancock. And we drove over to Bucksport. And on the way, really, it was like we were sharing each other's life stories and events and the ups and the downs. And so what's wonderful is that when people – to me, when it becomes more personal, uh, it becomes more real, and the differences of opinion are just not that important as it is to just being a real person. I love that. I love that, Phil. Um, I had a wonderful time as well. It was an incredible experience, and I um, can't say enough about Michelle facilitating. Um, it was difficult because, as Phil said, I did not have a car. Um, so every accommodation was made for me. So very grateful. Um, my first inclination when I sat down with Phil and we started to talk, um, there was immediate empathy on his part and um, so much so that it was, you know, a physical reaction. And um, that touched me. I knew that uh, he and I were going to be able to um, say things to each other and find common ground with each other. And then, as he said, we had a wonderful time riding to and from that event. And um, the way that it's kind of changed my life is I consider Phil a good friend. He'll be my friend for the rest of my life. And in fact, I have... Um, reached out to him to just get guidance and advice from him um, because I know that um, he'll come from a place of common sense and, you know, being reasonable, but have a different um, point of view than mine. And that is very valuable to me. Can I jump in and just say, I, I totally admire you too. I, I, I feel like the listening event that you mentioned, Phil and Sue, we, uh, many of us in the room got a chance to experience you and a little bit of that magic firsthand, or maybe, maybe more like secondary, um, to what you two experienced your own experience, but just really admire the two of you and, 
and uh, appreciated you especially. It was probably my favorite thing at the listening event was was having you two be candid on stage and, and also taking questions from the audience in a in a bold and pretty brave way. So mm-hmm. um, kudos to both of you and yeah. thanks for participating. Yeah. Yeah, do either of you have other comments that you'd like to share? I don't know, Phil, if you'd like to say anything about building bridges and what you all are up to. Um, or, or Sue, if you have, you know, if either of you have guidance for, for folks as to how we can sort of take some of these lessons learned and, and try to apply them in, in real life. Sure. I'll, I'll talk briefly about Building Bridges. This is a group that meets uh, once a month on Zoom um, because we do uh, reach out around the state. And the whole idea is just like it sounds, like can we just find a way to talk? So when there's a subject, and I tend to joke about it a little bit and say, oh, we take on non-controversial topics like this month we did guns and mental health. Um, <laughs> and, and we had... You know, we had people from basically all sides of the uh, of an issue. We had three speakers. We had breakout rooms where people could express their own opinions. And then we gathered back together. Um, and Sue wasn't able to make this one, but she was able to make the one before. And this, again, is just an effort for people to reach out. So you can find building bridges either on um social media like Facebook or just we've got a website and we're part of a larger national group called Braver Angels, which is actually a a line out of comes from a line from uh, Abraham Lincoln's speech. And again, it's just can we just, you know, we don't have to agree. It's not a question of 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 trying to agree. Um, um, Carla and John, who were on before, they were both on the uh, last month with the this month with the guns and mental health and definitely doesn't mean that we agree on everything but it's so wonderful to see people as human and to actually make friends and that alone is just a big step in progress so kudos to one small step as well and i hope they uh, you know i hope you're able to continue the program thanks phil thank you phil yeah any last thoughts um, from you, so Sue? Yeah, say, go ahead. Oh, yes. Um, I was going to say that um, I would encourage anyone who, you know, in these days of social media, which I choose not to participate in because I just think it's too easy to, um, you know, put something out there in the realm where no one is really going to be accountable for it. So I think rather than doing that, if you know the people that you're on social media with, um, try and make time to reach out to that person. Um, here's a good, for instance, Phil talked about a local car mechanic that his family used for the longest time. He still uses to this day. They couldn't be more um, opposite in their opinions, but they're able to talk to each other. And I think that in these recent storms that we've had where um, our coastal communities have just been decimated that we're going to have a hopefully a lot of chances to get together as a community and talk with each other at a level where we're not trying to change each other's minds we're just trying to listen like you said so that's my hope for the future of it awesome thank you both so much thank you i just wanted i wanted to say one last one last thing 
which was Sue and I have stayed in touch, and I wanted to thank her because she reached out and sent me a Christmas card. Oh, <laughs> me too. Thank yeah. you. So much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sue. All right, great. Thanks so much. Well, we are right, rapidly, rapidly approaching the end of the hour, and I want to give uh, uh, Michelle and Chris, uh, you both, an opportunity for some final comments on this. Maybe hopes for the future, or uh, your final thoughts. Whatever you want. I, I'd love for, um, for people to do exactly what Michelle did throughout this process in her own which is replace the rage the sentiment of feeling like anger or rage towards curiosity because i feel like that sums up a lot of the 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 toolkit that i i I came away from the strategies that i had no idea that this would impact me in the the same way because we didn't participate in it we got to see it many many times recycled and never the same i feel i feel um hopeful but also yeah like there there are tools and strategies out there and and michelle i think you kind of coined it or you you hit the nail on the head for like the low the lowest barrier to entry yeah yeah yeah, yeah thanks how about how about you michelle yeah i think um one thing i want to be really clear on is that you know like we've said this is one small step one small step and this does not take the place of the need for systemic change. This does not take the place of these bigger policy changes that need to happen. These things need to happen in tandem with each other. So there's stuff we can do locally in our communities, at the post office, at the at Hannaford, you know, these like small moments, but then also keep fighting for change in the bigger systematic ways. Um, I think that's really important. Um, Yes. All right. Well, thank you both. We have a, another clip to listen to, and then I've got a, just a couple final comments. And so let's let's hear what we want to set up. What we're going to hear. Yeah. So this um, this was from a conversation between uh, Bob and Sarah. Um, this conversation had, you know, there was some some, some tension in there. Um, they were talking about Gaza and Israel. They were talking about Jewish heritage. They were talking about mental health, depression, um, you know, a lot of really big stuff. Like, do I have kids and bring them into this world or, you know, all these really big stuff. Um, and then at the end of these conversations, one of one of the questions that they, the partners ask each other is, what are your hopes for the future? So after going through all this like big, 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 big stuff, here's what Bob said. So what are my hopes for the future? Have a nice dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Michelle Crystal and Chris Battaglia, our... Um, Wonderful facilitators for One Small Step. Thank you for your excellent work and undying dedication to the project. And I want to send out thanks from WERU to all the participants. We couldn't have done this without you. You really made it happen, so thank you so much. Thanks to StoryCorps and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting for working with WERU, selecting us to be part of this project. Uh, we'll keep you posted on future One Small Step opportunities. We're looking for... Um, applying to grant uh, for grant funding from foundations to resume the project later in the year, so stay tuned for that. Thanks to Pepin Middlehauser for engineering with help from Joel Mann. We really appreciate it. This is Matt Murphy. I want to thank you for listening and thank you for supporting WERU, and please stay tuned for more great programming. Have a good evening.